You know those guys, uh, like the roadies, when you go to a concert, mm. everyone's getting set up, and like people are in the audience. This one guy just goes to the microphone. And, mic check. Yeah. Mic check one. Mic check one two. One two. Mic check. Mic check one two. Um, Welcome, Anton. Welcome to the Annex Podcast. Uh, you know, an ongoing, deeply successful. Um, one could say kind of foundational to truly Canadian <laughs> culture. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I heard Joe Rogan uh, uh, deems you guys as a serious competitor. <laughs> well, I don't know if you ever th- could actually like surpass us. So competitor yeah. means like you have a chance. You oh, know? right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's nice to have people like Joe looking up to Ooh. us. Um you know, hopefully he can like if he can, you know, basically if, if people like him, you know, on the up and up can learn anything from us. Then I think, you know, I've done what I came here to do. Yeah. You know, I just want to help out others, you know. Yeah. Paid forward like that very successful <coughs> late 90s film. Yeah. 2000s. Yeah. I never saw it. Was Is that a good movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great film. Absolutely incredible. It is a good movie? Um, yeah, it has that guy uh, who was in a lot of movies around that time. You know the guy. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. know. literally the most useless piece of... <laughs> <laughs> this is already a great pod. You I think guy, right. The guy. Who was in it? That guy. Oh, yeah. He's been canceled by now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who Mr. is Mr. Spacey. Oh, Spacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, supposedly some problematic behavior. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. I don't know the man. But, um, you know, Helen Hunt and uh, Haley Joel Osmond. Oh, shit. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Mm-hmm. He's now an old man like us. <laughs> <laughs> a polite giggle. <laughs> I like how Sebastian actually looks at like what you're doing the screen and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's our producer Sebastian. He's yeah. just like making sure that we're on, you know. Oh, that's probably not proper podcast etiquette to start talking about what a cat is doing that nobody can see. <laughs> <laughs> great pod. Yeah, great it's pod. a great pod. Yeah. Oh yeah, movies. Okay, actually, yeah. Uh I had an interesting I was thinking about this a little bit because I think about what we might talk about. I th- at first, I okay. actually thought you might bring up movies. Very, we do, we can do this or not do this. Mm-hmm. But did you ever hear the podcast where with uh, Bill Simmons and Chuck Klosterman? Where Chuck big Cl- fan of those? Yeah, I'm a big. I like it when they speak um, to each other. Keep keep speaking, Bill. Keep yeah, speaking. keep speaking. Um, but where he was like, he had the like. Um, where he rated, I think it was in like two, the '90s and 2000, like two decades of musicians, like underrated, overrated, or perfectly rated. Okay, you, yeah, I like that you, game. It is mm-hmm. a good game, and mm-hmm. I, I just remember really liking his final answer when he when he said what he revealed as the most like perfectly rated band. Do you remember that? Do you remember listening to that podcast? Ooh, it sounds familiar now. He didn't say like you too, did he? No, I think he. They might even. I think he likes them, but I forget uh-huh. why they might even fall into the slightly overrated. Slightly. Well, the Apple didn't help their case. Yeah, the Apple yeah. didn't. Help. If you were to think like '90s, 2000s, not, like, because I think it is. I mean, it's obviously this is subjective, perfectly but perfectly th- rated, perfectly rated band, and I think it's right. Oh, right. I mean, but I mean, I wouldn't I th- say Coldplay. No. Would it be something like um, Radiohead? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
He said like yeah. they're just musically amazing. They hit it in the mainstream, but they have like mm-hmm. also a very they still sick. act like indie bands. They still act yeah. like indie bands. They're just fucking good. Like, do you listen to much Radiohead? I don't actually. Oh, okay, I don't. But then again, like I'm a music ignoramus. No, no, don't say that. To, like I, I like what I like. Yeah, I'm open to new things, but you know, everyone has an area that they, you know. But I wouldn't say that at all that you're a, a music ignorant. Like you you put me on a lot of shit when I was growing up. But you realize it's all a shell game. Like like every piece of music I put anyone onto, maybe this is everyone in music, but mm-hmm. every piece of music that I put someone onto, someone else put me onto it. And I was like, "Oh, this is nice. I'm going to play it nonstop for 6 months." Interesting. And then and then someone listens to it and they're like, "Ooh, what's this?" I'm like, "Oh, well, let me tell you." This is a cool thing I've been listening to because someone, like another one of my friends, that turned is, me on to it. Actually, it's inter- interesting you tell me that. Because, like, you, like, you played me a lot of blues, which I never would have listened to. Yeah, uh, that like was back you. in, like, high school and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I feel, I is that really a jest? Because I, I guess there's an element of this in everybody that, you know, someone puts you onto something. But yeah, I now feel, that I say it, it's, like, the stupidest description of music. It's no, like, yeah, someone no. told me a thing, and then I, and but, then I listened to the thing. But it is interesting because in a way as much as like how original we always want to seem to be and how like our taste we want to project like kind of who we are in some way or another it's like sort of prescribed to us you know it's like oh i'm like a blues guy and i want like it's i think some guy showed me some blues yeah Yeah. some guy showed me some blues but you did i don't know i I, think blues is you actually funny that you hit that because mm -hmm. it's like the one thing that i probably did any of my own well, investigation that's, into exactly. That's what I'm saying. You were quite a good guitarist for your age, if I may say that. I'm not just trying, not just because this, this is your podcast. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now maybe. Now I'm just barely a guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and I just always felt like you liked blues a lot. Because, I don't know when I would hear you play, yeah. you'd play a lot of like mm-hmm. progressions and stuff like that. So I was just like, oh, he's playing yeah, blues, blues and yeah. yeah. So and flamenco. Yeah, and flamenco. Yeah. I, w- I would say you Big did. So if I were to say you came upon those honestly, you would say not so Blues much? Or? flamenco, more honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, because what turned me on to, because I played guitar, um, I was kind of, my dad turned me on to like Andre Segovia, who's a name that you might not know. I don't know that, no. He's an old guy, or was an old guy, and he just played classical guitar. Like he was just... My dad saw him live, I think, like back in the day. And he would just like come out on stage. It'd be a sit-down concert. He'd sit down a little old man, play classical mm-hmm. guitar, and that'd be it. Like that's the show. Um, so because I was playing guitar and because I was like listening to a bit of that stuff, I remember in a CD music store where you could like play, you know, take a CD and be like, ooh, I want to like play that in-house on a headset to see if I like it and I'm going to buy the CD. Remember, mm. like, you used to be able to do that? Right, I do. I did, I, I'm now having memories, yeah. So it was in the annex. Um, so I found this Jesse Cook CD. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Cook was, like, a guy from Canada, I think from Toronto originally or from Southern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Ontario, and, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure if Toronto, but anyways. Yeah, Southern, Southern Ontario or something. Yeah. yeah, and he's, like, very funny, like, long curly hair like very classical musician look he's great um, and got into very pop flamenco is kind of like how you describe him i guess i will i will say this just to cut you like he still plays yeah. in huntsville sometimes oh does and he? he's very popular there and my parents go see him and they love him i would see him yeah i've seen him like three times in concert they he's he's very good he's a he's an incredible guitarist like some more classically trained or like traditionalist guitarists would call him like pop mm-hmm. guitar 
he almost never has any music with him. Like any of the singing is like a guest musician. And it was only when he had, cause he had an ascendancy where he ended up with like one hit song on CBC or like or much music or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at your feet, right? Whenever yeah, I fall yeah. at your feet. Yeah. I'm sure we're not doing it justice, but. Well, uh, we're just not hitting the harmony. That's all it is. <laughs> that's all it is. Uh, that's all. Yeah. But the melody spot on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he like, he played really fun stuff and it was just like very catchy guitar like, so you didn't have to pay attention. There's no lyrics. And then from him, also, like, my dad would listen to the Gypsy Kings. So I listened to a lot of the Gypsy yes, Kings. Yes, they're great. They're fucking great. Yeah. And then I started doing a bit of my own research into, like, more flamenco and more old school blues. And that's where I discovered, like, John Lee Hooker and, like, and like the older blues stuff. Blues is, like, a really interesting deep well, right? Like, if you're willing to go into the blues well, like this type of stuff that's out there like John Lee Hooker is fascinating and like the funny thing is like I'm talking about this and anyone who listens who knows blues is like oh John Lee Hooker's a sellout you know like there's so many because it's an ancient art form for America at this Mm -hmm. point and like I I think I learned about John Lee Hooker because I read somewhere that Jimi Hendrix was really inspired by John Lee Hooker yeah and then you listen to John Lee Hooker and he doesn't even do a 12 bar he does like two chords and he just goes like Oh, and like has like one line or something, but he kills it. Like it's amazing shit, and you know BB King and all these other people. Yeah. Um, what is what's uh, what what's blues all about? I mean, you say like you, you say it's this whole thing. Like, uh, like as you said, like the history of the blues is very intense in America. I don't know any of that. Let so this we'll, white guy tell you yeah, all about the blues. Please, I yeah. let's. I mean, this is a free flow and convo. Let's Respect. let's get some I white mean, people talking you, about blues. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I don't need any uh, any is, more justification. Yeah, I, than I'm a white man. So I I actually know that's actually the beauty. One of the kind of like taglines of the annex as yeah. a podcast was. Was you know like to annex something is just to kind of take it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of the podcast is mentality and ethos. Mm. It's just like we're gonna choose what we want to talk about, and we're gonna take it over. We don't need anyone to tell us anything. It's like, oh, this is what we're talking about. This is our topic now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I guess the tagline should be like a couple white people take shit over. Yeah, we annex topics is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> So watch me annex the blues for yeah. A tell me a here. bit about the blues because I don't know like what is the history. Obviously, I know it's a uh, like a deeply ingrained. Uh, well, in let American me history. let me first uh, dazzle you with my um, qualifications. Okay, and I'll just say to the listeners at home the mm-hmm. uh, and and specifically uh, the uh, I guess we could just say uh, Zach Tucker Abramson, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the uh, one other person who might be listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That we are veering away from our initial subject of movies, but that's fine. Like we're t- it's that's the it's the free flowing element. Free flowing conversation. We might come back to it. We might Who come knows? back to it. Okay, but tell me a bit about the blues because I'm um, genuinely interested. Well, just so you know how educated I am on the topic. In mm. I went to university. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in my first maybe second year, I took an elective course on the history of jazz. So I think you're prepared to give ready fucking to lectures. go. Yeah, ready to lecture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. You had me at elective. Like that's when you know it's 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 a. Uh, <laughs> I chose to learn. Yeah. Um, and got nothing financial out of any of it. So that's why I'm doing a podcast. Um, yeah, I, I guess what was interesting to me about the jazz was it was saying what I, I I learned in class was they were saying like jazz was this kind of it was a mix of European and African instruments and rhythms and melodies. So this is like literally 
what I remember from an intro class, mm-hmm. and that's why it's going to be broad as fuck. But that's fine. I know um, nothing. You have like complex rhythms coming out of Africa, mm-hmm. and you have complex melodies and like symphonic history coming out of Europe. And then with the brass, you have like that's kind of like military tradition, hmm. like trumpets and stuff. It's kind of hmm. like more of a military tradition. It's an amalgamation um, of all these things. But it's also like in a symphony orchestra, I would suppose. Mm-hmm. So uh, we could really be talking with our musician friend about this stuff. But that's the beauty of the annex. You know, just like, what do we know? Let's, let's bear our souls. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone listens, they might get mad. And that's how we know we have audience members. That's, um, as you said, that's what the part It's just, it's what we're just speaking about. Just what let we, it out there. Yeah, you know? just letting it out there. Um, Never You'll learn more about a Wikipedia. Like, yeah, if you Wikipedia this when we first brought this up, you would yeah. know more than I'll ever tell you. In Listen, this it's you telling me when I know nothing. So you know, to me, you know a lot. All right. And I think people out there are actually absolutely screaming for that type of stuff. So. More, daddy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> more, daddy. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh, I think I just peeked on that. I was just like, oh my god. Uh, oh, should I have to make a time note? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I mean, blues came. From my understanding, blues is like a guitar-based music. And so the thing, I I guess what's interesting to me about blues and flamenco are they're both guitar-based forms of music. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both from oppressed peoples. So it's like a, it's a song, it's a, it's like a music or um, of the oppressed uh, or like a music of a lower culture, like a, an oppressed culture, really. The Romani um, or like the gypsies and the black Americans mm. like in the South. They're both these people that culturally like live in and around a dominant culture, mm-hmm. but they're like explicitly oppressed. I mean, Jewish people also would fit within that realm, but I never got into klezmer that much. Yeah. So are we looking at like the... 1900s or something just uh, again this is because someone that knows yeah my understanding would be that blues came up like we're talking like late 1800s early 1900s okay um i mean the thing with blues is that it's so modern that was it um i'm just blanking on his name at johnson Um, oh yeah Yeah. robert johnson robert yeah yeah you know he he famous, you know, he's the one who like the story kind of about selling your soul at the crossroads mm-hmm. kind of starts with him. Yeah. Um, because he was like a, he, you know, the story goes like he disappeared for a couple of years and came back and all of a sudden he was playing the guitar. Now, of course, like the way he was playing the guitar is not what we consider a virtuosic guitar player now, but he was playing a music that was like a new sound and like in a new way and, if you, you can hear his original recordings, and that's what's kind of crazy. So, like, they had recorded him before he died, um, and they made a big blues show. I think it was a white guy who's, like, producing this blues show in, like, Carnegie Hall. Probably Jewish. And I can say that because I am Jewish. Should I put a disclaimer that... Uh, we can put it in the, in the show notes? Yeah. yeah Should we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but again, talking about... A pre- I mean, I wouldn't be... I'm not saying he is Jewish, but it's like that... That is actually... Con- like, with jazz and blues, I do know a lot of the producers and stuff. We're, mm-hmm. we're just talking about... Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, also, uh, I mean, I think Jewish people understood the business of entertainment. Yeah. 
and like that you the way to make money off of the arts was something that a lot of gentiles didn't yeah. figure out at first so i'll just say this is all very interesting i know we're um downplaying ourselves it's not but it actually did so like we're like um we're like a stone skipping across knowledge well, yes but the, very interesting so this uh robert john robert robert johnson robert jo- he he's sort of like the pioneer and he just he's oh, like a, the folklore kind of legend godfather of blues hmm. yeah and the crazy story is that like they did this showcase of blues and they were bringing people from around the country who were considered like folk blues musicians quote mm-hmm. unquote. and it was still within the period that robert johnson was alive but by the time the actual um they planned it all out and he was going to be like a headliner and by the time the show came around he had died and he had died like in some messed up way, like a bar fight or something. Oh, stupid. really? Yeah, really? it was like a really like not a cool way to. Like, oh, he didn't shit. live a great life. Like he was, you know, the blues and like the original blues musicians were like you know not living great lives. Yeah, was, yeah, living rough, and their music was just something that they used to survive. I think as opposed to like it wasn't a a form of like a potential. It's not like we think of music or art today, where like if you make it, you can get out of this slum. That's not what it was. It was like, just do the art because you do the art. Yeah, well, but in, 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 so in, in, its, in its essence, I think that's what people feel about it. I mean, it's sometimes you listen to a blues song and you're like, oh, these people are in so much fucking pain, like yeah. beyond pain. Well, I think like, the best, the best. I, I don't know who said it, but someone was like, blues isn't about feeling good. Yeah. It's about like feeling bad and feeling good while you're doing it or something yeah like yeah this, absolutely right? yeah most like, like most blues subjects matter again this is really the guy that knows nothing about it but like that's what i associate with it's it's all depressing it's a release right yeah. it's an emotional release and yeah. and and i think you could look at a lot of like modern psychoanalysis and science and say that like releasing emotions is very healthy right mm. like it's not good to hold on to that stuff oh, so that's interesting it so to almost... give like a healthy form of release that's not going to be violent and it can be very cathartic and like you know after a good cry you feel like you've had a good like massage or something yeah and after playing or singing the blues like because a lot of that's a lot of the sounds that come out of the blues is sounds that are very much that kind of crying especially the old stuff right like yeah it's this crying wailing yelling um and it because it is a release of that energy and that emotion i think i mean my understanding of it um but anyways the 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 just to wrap up that little story about robert johnson what's Mm -hmm. so interesting was that they ended up um, in front of a sold-out crowd, Carnegie Hall, they brought out an empty chair and a gramophone and played his record. In so Carnegie Hall. In Carnegie Hall. So it was like wow. it was like the ghost of Robert Johnson still played, even though he was just recently died. This stuff is not on the Joe Rogan podcast. That's fascinating. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. that actually is really cool. Well, yeah. if, if I'm the only like, listener to this podcast, you've just fascinated me. Oh, <laughs> that like, is actually a really cool story. It's really, it's yeah. like, and it was also supposedly, it was like the introduction in many ways for like Yankees and mm. white people. It was like their introduction to the blues. Like it was like the first time people in mm. New York had heard that, like that real Southern sound. It was like early. It made like, its way to New York. Early he, 1900s. He was a, like, so how did it get to New York? I get, maybe I'm asking too many, like, like. Because from what I understand, you're saying it hasn't picked it hasn't picked up to a huge yeah like I think it's pre jazz like I think we're talking pre jazz Mm -hmm. like we're talking like early 1900s maybe like like this is back when Carnegie's like still around probably Um, I might be off by decades right I don't know we're not yeah no I don't know whatever but (laughs) yeah but definitely blues came 
first, is my understanding. Mm. Well, actually, the first one was gospel. Gospels were like the original, right? So yeah. like gospels like singing church music mm-hmm. and taking a church psalm and turning it into a fucking banger. It's basically what you're doing, right? You're taking a song. It's like just a classic song you would sing in a hymn in church, which, I mean, as you said earlier, you're Jewish. I have never been to a church where we sing hymns um, as a good atheist Christian. But like, you know, you sing a hymn and it's like, oh, oh, oh love not. like, and you would do like whatever there. Mm. And then you add a little bit of fun to it. Yeah. And you end up with these like Southern gospel songs and you get like calls and responses and you get like this kind of loud, like glory, glory is Jesus. And like, you just like, you get to, and, and now that's the other emotion, right? Yeah. The emotion of, of glory, transcendence, joy. And like, I think that's what gospel is all about. It's this like glory to God, glory to Jesus. Let's feel this wonder. And I think that's really like, from my understanding of, of African-American music, you know, is that's where it started. It started there in gospel. And then blues was a response almost, not obviously directly, but blues was like a carry on of that. Blues is not about the religion. In many ways, like it comes from the opposite of the religion. It's about the devil. It's like not, a, it's about like the denial of church and the denial of the Lord or in the embracing the opposite of what is the Lord. Not only in the emotional kind of gamut from like joy to sorrow, mm-hmm. but also like, you know, d- making the deal with the devil and, like blues is about like originally one guy and a guitar singing a sad song. Does that play into? I mean, uh, you mentioned this earlier, so I just I don't I don't know if I conceptualize it to its fullest extent. You said Why Robert just jo- pull that a little bit. Oh more. yeah, sorry. And don't don't you know, move. We're just talking Mike. Yeah. It's just some just some Mike Edmund here. You can just you know skip ahead thirty seconds. Yeah. The beauty of the arm is you just move it to where you are. You right. So once right. you feel comfortable, just move it right to you, and you're golden. Once you're feeling good. There we go. Bam. Um, Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So what was the thing about him? He Robert disappeared Johnson? for a couple of years. Yeah, and the story is... Does that tie into whatever? Like you're selling yeah, the story your soul is you go to the crossroads, and at midnight on the crossroads, the devil appears, and you make a deal with the devil for your soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll give you something, and in return, when you die, he keeps your soul. Oh, I do that. Um... <laughs> So, I mean, I think a lot of Americans do it today. But um, the story was Robert Johnson went to the crossroads and he sold his soul to play guitar. To be a very good To be a musician. To be a musician. Effectively. And now the reality of it is that he disappeared for like a year or a few months or something and then came back and all of a sudden had a guitar and was playing, whereas he grew up not playing. And it was just, so people were like, whoa, where'd this guitar come from? And of course it was like, oh, he sold his soul. Like, we're talking about, like, poor... Like, I think the biggest thing to remember is, like, when we talk about, like, black people living at that time, like, not everyone, I I don't want to generalize, but, like, where Robert Johnson's coming from, when we talk about poor, like, we're talking about so poor. Yeah. Like, you have, like, the clothes on your back. Yeah. And the guitar... And I think this is a big part of it. Like, the guitar is an instrument you can carry. Yeah. Right? Like, the standard instrument for Western music is the piano. And with the guitar, it's it's a portable instrument. And to make that your bass instrument is because you can only afford to carry it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why they took it out west. Is like it's a traveling instrument, yeah. uh, the guitar. And if you look at someone like Robert Johnson, where it's like he's just like these people are just making money, like either playing music in little clubs or like working in fields as they go through the south and like 
like you know just a little yeah. migrant work and lots of fights and like basically it's illegal to be black and like or like everyone's a slave or recently out of slavery there's still obviously like we're looking at like 80 years before the end of segregation or something stupid like or the end of yeah the end of segregation it's it was horrible like i mm. think when we look at i don't know when we th- when i think of poor in north america these days i think of like have a phone you have streaming video like it's just such a different experience yeah this is true Anyways, uh, what's interesting to me about the blues and flamenco is flamenco comes from like the oppressed kind. They actually the the Romani, like the gypsies, were were very similar to what the Jews experienced. Right? Hmm. They were a migrant culture that were kind of ethnic cultural mix. Yeah. Um, they were exiled from most Christian communities. Um, they had their own kind of language. They had their own kind of religion and and um, mythology and like belief in spirits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, they just like weren't allowed to be a part of yeah, society. The, the, yeah. Um, so the, that's interesting. They also had the guitar and they also had rhythm. Right. Um, and both blues and flamenco have a bass 12 rhythm where it's like a, a yeah, bass 12 beats, um, for like a cycle. Mm-hmm. So blues is like a simple pentatonic five notes. Yeah. And flamenco is more complex. Um, five notes per, per octave. Right. As opposed to like a standard, wait, like, uh, A, B, C, D, G, yeah. E, F, G is seven, yeah. right? And pentatonic means five, so you're losing two of those notes. So it's a much simpler sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of like flamenco, it's I think it's seven, but it's like a different mode, which we get into like whatever. It's just a different kind of way you play the notes. Um, but flamenco also comes from this group of people who were like oppressed and rejected, um, but they were in Europe. Yeah. And... So you have this music that is also like this crazy releases, lots of rhythm, like the clapping and this, and like the, the flamenco clapping is kind of the classic thing that you hear. The yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You hear that throughout, like the yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the guitar is like and so you end up with the guitar ends up being your rhythm, and you're using the guitar as also to like. You're hitting the guitar and making sounds. Yeah. And then you're clapping along with it and you're going. And then you have someone who's usually on a box and they're like hitting the box. like. And then you also have someone dancing, usually like a woman, but also men and women dancing on. Because the Romani lived in caravans, you'd be dancing on like a wooden surface. And the way that you dance and like the way that you clack your feet, it's kind of like almost like a tap dance. So you're making a rhythm with your feet by going ta 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 So the old school flamenco is like really rhythm heavy. It's not really melody. It's very heavy on the rhythm. Well, does, then does flamenco go back really long? Because you're saying it's like... Uh... I don't think it does, though. This is oh, okay. Not, I'm going to look on this, though. Because I'm, I'm like, are you, are you talking about like, like gypsies in terms of like? Uh, oh yeah. So between ninth and fourteenth centuries, yeah. when the like, Rom- <laughs> when the Roma migrated. Yeah. Um, but flamenco music, according to Wikipedia, I'm just interesting. Yeah, late eighteenth, early nineteenth oh, okay. century. So not it's as... really not that old. Oh, okay. Like the people have been. I guess they say the oldest is like seventeen seventy four. Which is like the birth of America, weirdly, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is kind of a modern or pre-modern, like, like mm. a romantic period. Um, 
but it is a fascinating sound. And I always really found that like the flamenco and the blues had this very interesting, like they shared a lot of kind of space in my brain and they had like a really cool blues. I think was a lot more simple. Flamenco is a lot higher paced for the most part, but there's a lot of different styles. And like a lot of the styles of flamenco, I didn't get into even like, cause there's some styles that are just not exciting to listen to. Yeah. Well, sort of taking it away back from our own personal history, which is maybe more important. Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know a lot of like, so the fact that you, you, you even that you were listening to flamenco, I don't know, like at the age of like 15 and stuff was sort of interesting, you know, like uh, not many people in my community were doing that in my yeah, age group. Yeah. yeah. And, but you turned me like, not that I knew much about it, but like, yeah, like I, I was, then I bought a Jesse Cook CD and he's mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, I guess I could see that he's poppy and like, He's poppy Even, compared to the traditional stuff. Yeah, but and I think that's it's because pretty amazing like, music. Yeah, because like the the traditional stuff is like, it's a party music, right? Mm-hmm. So you get like people clapping and then like going like ah, like and this kind of mm-hmm. weird because yeah. it's also like this. There's an influence of all these different cultures, and um, yeah, it's interesting that, that I was like going to say that sounds a bit like the Gypsy Kings, you know? Like, Gypsy Kings is very pop flamenco, yeah, like very right, much. Yeah, um, but if you take away like like. You go from Gypsy Kings, you go back traditionally, and you end up with just like a mm-hmm. it's just this weird kind of like rhythmy, dancey. It's I mean, you know, like I think dance hall and like uh, EDM fills a lot of the void, right? Right. Like we we have machines that make these sounds now, and they can yeah. get, the bass can be deeper, so you can get like a real boom to your bass. But back when you're like living in a field on a caravan the biggest sound you can get is just like you hit a box and it gives you like a bong sound or like you stomp a board. That's interesting. So it's like our, our EDM music is maybe not so, um, uh, I guess, uh, I don't think it's novel or original. No, I think, I don't think anything is. Like yeah. we, we just use different tools to fill the same voids. Yeah. You know, I think as a culturalist, um, oh, Sebastian's just double checking my research now. <laughs> I mean, he really—it looks like he reads it. He's great. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, that's uh, there. We go. That 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 very interesting history lesson again. I I I don't think they'd speak about that on Joe Rogan. So um, maybe he did. I mean, I don't. Maybe to everyone. he has done a lot of podcasts. For all I know, he had like the preeminent flamenco guitarist in the yeah. world. So, anyways, that's what we think about Radiohead. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> No, but I was, I was gonna. Yeah, so Radiohead's like, yeah, I, I just, I, it, yeah, I had an, uh, it resonated a lot with me when Chuck Klosterman said that. I just, I listened to it because he saved it to the end, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that makes sense, like, because yeah. they were true to themselves. They yeah. hit the mainstream in a big way, but mm-hmm. never. I don't know, like I'm not like a big like solo yeah. guy, but they just made good music. The whole thing. I'm I mean, not like. It felt you, like they sold out, right? Yeah, in yeah, a weird way. yeah. Like like to the end. I mean, like Karma Police. I mean, anyways, I don't. Are know they the guys who do like everything in its right place? Yeah, that's them, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They have a good sound. They have well, a really good. They sound. have a good, and they and they switch it up a lot. But mm-hmm. they're like they. It's not like they're like I think they just every like everything they do is good. Like yeah. It, well, that's the thing that Coldplay like. I remember when they first came out, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, these these guys." Like it was, yeah. It was like for a I long time in Coldplay music. That. I mean, we were, we came up in the '90s, right? So yeah. like in music, there was still that people doing the kind of Michael J- Michael Jordan thing of like, is this the next Jordan? Mm-hmm. Is LeBron the next? Is is Vince the next Jordan? And so when I remember when Coldplay, people were like, is this? Are these the next Beatles? Is this the next Beatles? 
and they had a really great breakout album and then they you realize like oh they have a sound. parachutes the original i think that's, that's their sound parachute. and they do their yeah sound. yeah and it's just kind of like that's all they do yeah that's all they do yeah which is if you love it cool like there's nothing yeah. wrong with it at all they have a good they have a good sound but that's the thing about like yeah radiohead will just go off in these weird places and they go off in weird places they're really they, but exploring I, just, I mean i wish i had better like a descriptors of it but just like everything they do is just like very good and like you mm-hmm. can tell they put like everything into it and, and yeah like well without any research mm-hmm. and we can so we can kind of dovetail back towards movies um because yeah. i know that a, a few weeks ago you came by and you were you were singing the praises of um the godfather yeah i had never seen the godfather or i had but i was like very young so and i just didn't yeah. remember it like at all and yeah and you're kind of saying like wow yeah, I was saying wow. I was saying wow, 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 wow. Because like, you know, I had, I, I, I you know, I, I went to like a film college, and we did all, we looked at all the like, you know, would go over. Obviously, like, um, what's Citizen this? Kane, Citizen Kane, like yeah. number one movie of all time. And like, I watch and I love Citizen Kane, and I appreciate, you know, the, the, its film techniques is like amazing, especially how, what they had to do at that time and stuff. But like, it's almost more impressive when you're told why it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a very good movie. Don't get me wrong. So yeah. it's a, but like it, they I should remake it. Uh, they should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like Citizen Bradley Kane Cooper in 3D. Play, yeah. yeah, Bradley Cooper play Kane. Bradley Cooper, like, who would you put? Um, one of my favorite games is who would you cast? Oh, who would you put? Um. Orson Fuck. Welles. Who would you cast as Orson Welles? And you're not like you're not doing Orson Welles making Citizen Kane. Yeah, you're, you're just doing... remaking Citizen Kane. I'm going. I'm not, I'm not happy to say this, like necessarily, but I think you like Tom Hanks. That's a solid choice. That's a very solid yeah. choice. I was wondering if you were going to go there. Did were you wondering? Yeah, I was wondering. Now here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, counterpoint: When Orson Welles made Citizen he Kane, he was young. He was like 24, yeah, yeah, or 22, very young. or something. Yeah. Obviously, you don't need to do that these days, but I feel Tom Hanks can play any age still. Like uh, Tom Hanks is also like probably the preeminent male actor right now. Yeah. In this weird way. Well, I was going to go there with a little bit of take mm-hmm. the overrated, underrated, perfectly with rated movies? actors. No, to oh, with, with actors. actors. With actors. But you had a, you were going somewhere. I was going to yeah. do it with movies. Oh, yeah. Godfather. Yeah, I fucking love The Godfather. I couldn't believe how good it was. I was yeah. I was affected by it. So, well, now you got me thinking. Cause I, okay, yeah. let's, do, let's talk actors. Okay. Let's talk actors. And we can, I like how we like kind of. We, th- we kind of, like, threaten we're going to go in one direction, and then yeah. we just go in it. The audience loves that. It keeps them on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> the audience loves when you just say, like, okay, we're going to talk about this now, but actually... They absolutely, they scream before for Before we do that, let's yeah. spend 40 minutes on this. <laughs> um, have you seen anything Julia Garner has been in? Mainly her breakout role in Ozark. I haven't watched Ozark. I haven't watched Ozark yet. Okay. Is she very, very special? So Julia Garner was the breakout star of Ozark. And she's like one of the leads. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ozark is a incredible show. It's very much like Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people really like that. I've, yeah, I've heard it. It's, it's it's slow. It's it like I mean, I say slow. Like it's it's not slow like some movie like The Godfather's slow. It's slow like they take the time to have these little scenes in between the big action moments or like almost no action moments where the decisions of what needs to happen or the emotional fallout 
of what what is said between two characters and how someone else reacts to it and this sort of thing. Um, Julia Garner is quite young. Like, I'm going to be, yeah, 28 this year. Not mm-hmm. Born in 94, so she's, she's pretty young. Um, and this movie, and like, Ozark originally came out like five years ago or something, right? So she's like in her early 20s. Um, and now she's like starting to kind of like she was she made a name for herself, mm-hmm. but she's hitting in this way. And I was saying the other day, uh, I was like, I think if I were to put like kind of like a a rookie draft of like young American actors, I'd put her like right in the first draft, like very yeah. high because she seems like someone who makes very interesting choices in terms of what she in terms plays. of what she does yeah um, like the roles she's taking like yeah she, yeah yeah she like takes not like acting like you're saying like literally what she like the roles she chooses yeah. um so she's got a very she's like she's, she's a very good looking, looking but yeah. she's also not like kind of Necessarily like st- yeah yeah so like she can play down like in Ozark she plays down as a kind of like trailer park mm-hmm. person but she can also play up and like she can she can come across really glam or she can come across fairly plain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was in The Assistant was this movie that she, I think, produced or or, or did. Um, Inventing Anna is this new TV miniseries that she's uh, leading. Um, and my buddy Sommer's in a couple episodes. Turns oh. out, you know, shout out Sommer. Shout out Sommer. Um, yeah, she's in like a bunch of, you know, the Americans wait. Waco, just like these little like things that she's mm. been kind of popping up in, but I think she's really gonna kind of blow. And the thing is, she might actually not blow up because she's a type of actor who just like she has this capacity to kind of turn down things she's not interested mm-hmm. in and say also like, yeah, no, this is this seems cool. I don't know. The, the, I might be giving her too much credit, but Did I think Ozark, the type of sorry, stuff just, that she. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I I, I should I really should watch Ozark because everybody is like ask me if I've watched it or it's like oh yeah yeah she's she's got a very interesting look mm-hmm. I mean, I to talk about looks but she's she normally like, does this curly hair with like yeah. I mean the look for Ozark is that curly ble- yeah. bleach blonde hair but was Ozark not that good at the beginning because I remember hearing that like people weren't crazy about it at the beginning but now people are not did they get like drastically better over time or were you in from the beginning I liked it a lot from the beginning okay. from the beginning in 2017 is it, it possible like. though that people are just catching it like in a big because i feel like it's it's gone much more i could see people catching up i think a lot of content over the pandemic has been like Mm. things that were kind of slow burns became big because people had time Mm -hmm. to watch them um it's not a strong pull because it's like set in what looks like a canadian like southern ontario a cottage oh really yeah um ozarks is in was it missouri or something um it's is and it's, yeah okay yeah so the Ozarks the Ozark Mountains are these mountains in Arkansas and southern Mississippi so like in Middle America mm-hmm. and what happened was this the government flooded the mountains with a dam so they ended up with these like mountain rivers or mountain lakes. See so these weird mountain lakes, and then it became um, cottage country. So it's now like cottage country in this Middle America area of what is it called again? Missouri and Arkansas. 
Um, yeah, so it's like this weird region. And super cheap to film out there because they're just like in little cottages and there's like, you know, nothing going on really in terms of the, so, uh, and Jason Bateman's obviously leading it mm. and like he's, he's killing it. Overrated, but underrated or perfectly rated Bateman? I was verge underrated maybe. Okay. I could see that. I think Ozark is him kind of flexing that like a lot of people played him as like soft after Arrested Development. Yeah. And he actually has a capacity to play like a much like stronger i could see him be more than just comedic because because his whole family has been in the industry i think for a while now like he was a kid actor and he was a kid actor so he's an interesting Mm -hmm. case because Mm -hmm. i feel like he's like found himself again later i think there was a period where you like wouldn't have been like jason bateman like i think arrested development was his comeback yeah came back as an adult and then but i think like it's not like but then i think that like he wouldn't have been taking that seriously before Rest of Development after a career in acting. Like, uh, yeah. So I think there was a point where maybe he was like, he was a kid actor. Yeah. yeah. He I think wasn't Ozark taken very is, seriously. I would right? say Ozark's probably brought him to the point to the of next, like yeah. properly rated because now he's considered like he can play. The yeah. He can play. Role. Yeah. Proper. He's brought it properly. But I will say Rest of Development, I think really like put him back into like, the, Oh yeah. Without the, that. Yeah. yeah. And that was a show that I've even heard. I think he was on Bill Simmons talking about it yeah. or something where like no one expected that show to succeed yeah. in any way. And he's good in that. I would say he's, yeah, I, I like him. He's, he's very funny. He kills that. it. Right. Yeah. But I mean, casting is like 90% of everything, right? Like, yeah. The more you, the more I was in school, people were telling me this, but like the more I watch stuff, the more I realize, like, Oh yeah. Like you change a cast and everything changes. Interesting. So casting makes the actor a lot of the time. No, well, it makes oh, uh, oh, in terms of like as an in, as a career, yeah. I, yes. I mean, I'll, sh- I'll what, share like, you. Are a, there a lot of actors that we a, like, and it's just because they were cast in the right thing? Like, is let me the, share you a couple actors right now. So, I mean, the thing is, you're not super into a lot of this like pop stuff. I'm not, unfortunately, and it's just because I'm. It's not. It's because I'm. It's just because I don't care. No, it's because. <laughs> I, uh, I just want to sleep all the time. It's not a. I should watch more. That's totally fine. Okay, no, it's not these fine. two. No, because some of it's just shit, anyways. No, don't say that. Um, these two actors, Amelia Clark. Yeah. And Kit Harrington. Overrated. Vastly. Okay. See, that's what I wanted to get at. Vastly. They're overrated. good. They're two good-looking people. I two good-looking young people yeah. who were cast. Actually, she's like my age. Um, they're both our age, which is disgusting um i think i know what you're talking about I, i've seen obviously i've seen the show like i haven't like watched it religiously and it's a they, cultural they, event right? they don't do anything that like she's I mother s- of dragons right yeah. she's like daenerys mother of dragons so she, her character is this like epic fucking yeah character. very epic character kid like, harrington is like the bastard you know the what's he play um john snow Yes, the bastard and basically the hero of the story. And you're willing to go out on this podcast and you don't particularly think he's a great actor. Well, I'm going to say he's overrated. Yeah. I mean, like most actors, he does what he does. Like, yeah. I think there's very few actors, whether they're successful or not, that are truly able to be, for lack of a better word, transformative. Can we talk about some of the transformative actors? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think can I can I name you one that I think is up yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite actors is a fellow but goes by the name of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he's a very. Oh, sorry, I think he's a perfectly rated actor. 
perfectly. perfectly. Well, I don't want to say underrated because underrated. The he, late Phillips. The late Phillips. Shall we say? He's actually, so yeah. good. I, I think he's transformative. He truly is, right? Like he yeah. when he's in, <laughs> when he's in the Big Lebowski oh. as like the most dinky little assistant. Yeah, and then he plays some like crazy strong characters in the like you know everything I've seen. Him in he'll he'll good. he'll totally, sh- and yeah, I guess transformative like from an uh, this is very actor wordy stuff, but mm-hmm. like I think transformative you're talking about can you play different status. High low status, um, comedy drama, yeah, is like is good, a, yeah. a thing, um, and different like kind of rhythms, like fast slow rhythms, or like yeah, that's a very good definition. That's a very good definition because it's not like you're changing who you are. We want yeah. like we still want to see you as you for the most. Now some actors like you truly like forget who they are because they're just like they become another person. Well, I'm going to bring up which another, is kind of a different I'm form. I'm going to bring up another name which I think falls in that category a bit more interesting. But we agree like like Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of my favorite actors of all. And I think he is but inter- yeah, I he think he does fall, he is in a little way himself even though he does transform status a lot mm-hmm. and pay Which is the American method, right? Like right. The, Amer- the American film method is to like own that self who you yeah. are and you bring that to the role. But he still within that he almost is fully unrecognizable like i think his biggest thing is like the big lebowski compared to some of his heavier later roles yeah when he was getting like a lot of status right yeah um as an actor he was also supposedly i mean i don't think this comes as a surprise to you but a very like amazing theater actor and like on stage so many of them are yeah 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 yeah. um so a guy that i do think can like kind of just like completely maybe you don't always realize you're watching him as Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, what do you think? How Do you put him up there as, like, one of the greats, or... It's almost unfair, right? Like, Is it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he is in a weird way. Like, um... Yeah, I don't... I, I'll say this because I don't actually... I haven't seen a huge amount of his work. He's obviously very good. Yeah. I just hear that he's considered one of... The best of our, and I don't know. Like I, I, I think he's great. Um, well, so but, he, well, like one of the first it? things about Daniel Day Lewis is like, do you think of him as an American or a British guy? I think of him as, as an American guy. That's right. just he's how he's born saying. in England. Right. Yes. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like, yeah. Like very British and very Irish. Right. It's not like he was born in England and then moved to America. Right. Like right, he was born right. in London. His name is Daniel Michael Blake Day Lewis. Right. Right. Okay. He's like a super British dude. Um, yeah, his story is like, he's, the fact that he's still alive is actually kind of fascinating because he's one of these people who's going to go down in history like Laurence Olivier. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I know. As like one of the great actors of his generation. Like, and like so much so it's like, it's like saying, okay, who do you think is a great actor? Like, okay, well, let me just say, what do you think? LeBron James. That's what I'm saying. That's why I not that I don't see it, I just may, maybe I haven't seen enough of his work, but I, I all of a sudden it seemed like it's just a consensus he is that guy, and and yeah, what what like well, let's you, look at I mean if you look okay. at his IMDb, I think this is a this is a big thing for us specifically. If I look at his IMDb, mm-hmm. we have 1985, 1986, 88, 89, uh, won the Academy Award in in 89, then. 92, 93, 93, 97. What did he win the Academy Award for in 89? My left foot. 
this is my point. Yeah. Then he took up a new profession as an apprentice shoemaker in Italy. Yeah, I've heard about this. This, Then came back in 2000 for Gangs of New York 2002. So from 97 to 02, nothing. Mm -hmm. Then Academy Award, There Will Be Blood 2007. Then Lincoln 2012. Phantom Phantom Thread 2017. And then uh, he said he's retired. So most of his work was like before we were teenagers or like before we were adults. That might be it. Yeah, good point. And that's a big part of it. Yeah. Like he was working in like the early 90s, late 80s. Right, right. And so we were really not old enough to be watching because he was doing serious films, like very dramatic adult films. We were too young to be watching No, I didn't know that. Thank you. Because I think one day I just like looked at a magazine. It was like Daniel Day-Lewis, like the best actor of our, uh, like, and I was like, really? Like, Like, I know he's good. Yeah. Um, he's also only sixty four, like compared to some actors. Yeah, he's a young guy for the that's most part. Tr- yeah, no, that it's. I mean, that's that's interesting that you brought that because for me, it just came out of left field. I mean, he, he did you say there will be? Bl- he's in there will be. Am I right about that? There or? will be blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's he's him. the lead. Yeah. yeah, he's the lead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. About it. And then, like yeah. I saw, it, and like yeah, he's great. He's but like I didn't. So here's the like, thing I, about... I didn't associate him with like the great like, and yeah. I remember seeing that after like I think there will be blood was a big movie and then like there was all this problem and he's like here yeah, he yeah. is the greatest actor of our generation. I'm like, well, well, same going... with Gangs of New York, right? Yeah, same with like Gangs of New York. Thing. I'm just like this the thing really about did Daniel Day Lewis is that I think like there's like when you reach a certain level of like of skill with your craft mm-hmm. as an artist. You start to play with things that, like, most people don't pay attention to. Right, right. right? Yeah, like, that's probably very true. Like, I, DeMar I mean, DeRozan, like, people, you know, Kevin Durant talks about how he watches DeMar's footwork. Yeah. And if you're not really a basketball fan, let alone a player, like, you can't really tell the difference. It's kind of true, but what's interesting is now it's, like, materializing into he actually is, like, I mean, the year he's having this year, he's, like, yeah. I think it's all, like... In a big way. Sorry, we're getting a bit basketball now but yeah. like he's one of the better like just i'm watching highlights of him now on the bulls and like there's not as many people that can like create his own their own shot at any time that he can like he can almost always get the yeah. shot that he wants yeah i didn't really appreciate that on him in toronto and i think it's just saying like he was working on his craft yeah. so like he's so folk, dedicated so dedicated yeah. that and hard working it has now caught up to him where he's like yeah and the thing with acting, unlike sports, is that you don't age out of your body in the same yeah, way. Yeah. So when you turn 35, 40, you don't, you don't have to retire, right? Like you can, you can keep improving yeah. as you go into your late age as an actor. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis definitely puts the work in, right? He puts a huge amount of work. He's also kind of a method actor. Um, he's received a knighthood. He's Sir Daniel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, like he's... So... He's the type of guy where I think I'd like to because I haven't actually seen his early stuff much. Yeah, no, I haven't either. You've um, like you've my left foot and yeah. and last of the Mohicans and like those are the kind of the biggest ones. But yeah, unbearable lightness of being like these kind of weird artsy movies that like mm-hmm. this is what also filmmakers when they talk about like Marvel is destroying film and they're not making the same movies they used to. They're talking about the films Daniel Day Lewis yeah. made a name for himself doing yeah. right. These films that are like too big budget to anyone to give money to now but too small to be worth you know like it's this weird in between yeah and there's like not much happening it's just people talking right yeah um but i think 
in terms of something like There Will Be Blood, because I remember seeing it, and I, I agree with you, from my experience, not having watched his early stuff, my, ex- my take on Daniel Day is like, okay, like he did it, like, well that's, done, That's I my guess. take too, yeah. But I think that there's a difference between someone who's like, steals a show and says like, I'm going to put on a performance that makes you like, be in awe of me, and someone who performs, even if they're the lead, and they're just like, I'm serving the story. And so I will be whatever the story needs of this character. And I'm not going to put myself as an actor in between the audience and the story. And that's where I think Daniel Day-Lewis is. That's where I think he shines is that he'll play a role and he takes himself in more than one way out of it. So it's not about look at Daniel Day-Lewis being such a great actor. Mm-hmm. It's look at this character in this story and if you want to not pay attention to who the actor is you just want to watch a character do the thing you wrote as a writer or a director is what you want to see daniel day lewis does that Mm -hmm. he just like does the role and so in a way maybe that kind of doesn't shine yeah right but maybe that speaks to his you know talent at this point too and his like Personally, I think that's kind of his skill, right? He's like, I'm not... He And he also clearly doesn't want to be famous. Yeah. Which is rare for a lot of actors these days. Yeah, yeah. So he's an actor who is is super famous, but you could also bump into him on the street and not recognize him, right? I think, Um, again, he's on a bit of a hiatus. He did this... He says he's retired. Yeah. As of 2017. Yeah. So who knows, though, right? If someone has a project, he'll be like, ah, why not? You know, I'll do it. So overrated underrated or perfectly rated i so the funny thing is if i were from not having seen most of his movies as an adult yeah i would lean towards overrated yeah and that's okay to admit just because you're talking about the context of what we yeah 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 because i would lean that i think that's what my bias was yes he's good but yeah what are we looking for i guess our homework is to watch you know so. so i have to tell you someone who i think is almost underrated okay bring it on gary oldman Oh, okay. It's a name I wasn't expecting to be brought up. A name I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah. Okay, go on. This guy, when you talk about transformative... Now, he's in different types of movies, he right? Is, yeah. But think about... I'm going to list a couple movies, right? Okay. Have you seen Leon the Professional? No. Ooh, okay. He's the crazy cop who's like, get everyone. Like... What? It's the meme where everyone oh, yeah, 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 yeah. loses his mind, right? He also played um, uh, Winston Churchill recently in a movie. He Have you seen The Fifth Element? Yes. He's the bad guy in The Fifth Element, the kind of uh, bald, weird guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a right? weird fucking character. Weird fucking character. Yeah. Um, he's in uh, Quentin, Ta- Quentin Tarantino's... Uh, he plays this like crazy white dreadlocked drug dealer. Yes, and uh, I forget what oh, he's in. So many things uh, like it's his IMDb is almost not worth going. Now this through. is an interesting name you brought up because he is he does seem now that now that I th- not that I know him that well, but I have seen him in many different parts and he's and in he so much different he, yeah. stuff. Um, oh, he played Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK. Okay. Uh, 
I didn't I didn't actually see that, but you just telling me that is like that's a role, you know. Lee that's Harvey a, Oswald, yeah. yeah. He was the bad guy in Air Force One. Oh right, right. Oh man, this yeah, okay. I see uh-huh. what you're I see what you're getting at. I see what you're getting at. See where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. He's like He's all over the place. Yeah. Um and he was mu- Sirius Black in Harry Potter and the Prisoner oh, of Azkaban. Yeah, okay. He was like right. his uncle or whatever, yeah. right? Which is just like a I want a big check role, yeah. right? Which is something that Daniel Day-Lewis would never touch. Um, he's also been the voice of Sergeant Reznov in Call of Duty World at War. Um, <laughs> That's a great role. <laughs> right, but you know, like, I mean, just like he does these weird stuff. Well, it's like it's Tinker sort Taylor of funny. Spy, of he's course. like he was obviously like very, you know, just... He works. What it means to be like, he is. You brought up a name that sounds like the opposite of Daniel Day Lewis. Like at the moment, like you know, very opposite. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis has like a dozen titles to his name. Yeah, and you're scrolling through this guy, and it's just fucking everywhere. Um, he also did. I, I, it doesn't look like it's on here. Oh yeah, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead back in 1990, which is a crazy. Don't know it. Don't know it. It's a crazy play written in like the 70s, and it's this is like super theater nerd. But in Hamlet, there's his his friends from school. Hamlet, because Hamlet's come back from university. Hamlet's mother sends for his friends, like his dorm room buddies from school. Their names are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And they show up and they're like, they're told by the king, like, Hamlet's sad, make him less sad. And they try and like, he doesn't work. And then in act four or five, you're like, what happened to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Like, oh, they, we killed them. <laughs> <laughs> like they show up for a few minutes and then they die. So like their storyline is like, they're these dudes chilling. They they meet a prince of Denmark and they have a great time. Like from their perspective, they're called to Denmark to hang out with their buddy. And they're like, oh, we get to chill with our buddy, the prince. And they fall into the middle of this like court intrigue. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? And then they get killed. Uh, so someone in the seventies wrote, because the one of the last, that's actually one of the last lines of the play. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, my lord, I think it's called. So he wrote a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And he wrote this play from the perspective of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern throughout the show. Oh, that's cool, yeah. And it's just them being idiots wandering around this play, being like, what's going on? And then they pop in and like they talk to Hamlet. And it's the exact word-for-word scene from Hamlet. And then Hamlet leaves. And the two of them are like, that was weird. And like they go off and do something else. That's a really cool idea. And so they made a movie about it. Like it's really funny. It's very weird. It's a good movie. Like it's. It's word for word the play, basically. Okay. And it's 1990. It's very surrealist. Like not realistic. Like the opening of the play is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in a carriage. This is a very culty film. Theater people would know it. Yeah. Um,. They're in a they're in a carriage and they're flipping a coin, and they're playing like they're betting on what what the coin flip will be, and it keeps coming up heads, but like it comes up heads like seven hundred times, and the two of them are just like, this is so weird, shouldn't it be fifty fifty? Like why is it always heads? It's almost like it's already written for us. Like and they're kind of acknowledging like they're in a story. Right. It's really weird, and it, I think it's like a seventies play but they finally made it into a movie in the 90s. And so a young Gary Oldman is in that. He's just... His, oh, he also played Dracula in Bram Stoker's Dracula, where Keanu Reeves is the lead. 
I was going to bring up his name too, Keanu Reeves, but because uh, you and I, I think, have had differing opinions. I, think we'll, I need we need to get I need to I need we to need. take a breath before I start. On yeah, was well, it how long? Do you, I got to take a piss now. Yeah, you know what the beauty of this is, we can kind of pause. We can turn. sort of pause it, yeah, okay, if you want. And do you feel are we at a good like? Should you, I know we don't want to make podcasts too. Actually, I don't know anything. I don't care, but, personally. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. So I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna take a quick piss. My audience, okay. okay. Uh, listen to these Zach messages. Yeah, uh, and do we'll some be ads. we'll be just, right back. Are we sponsored by anything? Uh, we're sponsored by Sebastian. Yeah. By, um, by uh, yeah, Sebastian. Yeah, listen to these ads that may or may not be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good movie. True romance. And we're back, yeah. And we're back, yeah. And we're back. Okay, so I want to I want to switch gears again, shall we? Yeah. Um I I have these this is just something that basically there this might be more talking to you. Okay. Um, and feel free we can also this this can be one of those things where we like threaten to do this and then don't go there. Okay. Um as is the audience loves that. Yeah, absolutely loves it. Yeah, because um, I have this. I have these two kind of story pitches. Okay. Um, that I'm interested in, like, in outlining. Well, I've actually outlined them fairly already. One is a series. One is a blockbuster film. And I was wondering if I could just kind of like pitch you on the movie. And get your reaction to it. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, see if like you're vibing it. And if you are, yeah. then like maybe like who would you cast in it, or like what would you? Okay. Do you think it's like or like you know also just like mm, if you're not too interested, then that's like also just I don't know. I've, no, I mean it's it's, it's an interesting uh, th- thought experiment, even for in that in that case, just sort of yeah. like see where, yeah, bounce it off of you. Yeah, kind of I, like, like I'm I'm just not the. Uh, this isn't me trying to be like um, self-deprecating or even like humble. I'm just not the. Like, I don't know what's a good pitch, really. Like, I don't... Well, it's just you're, something you're interested in. Something, yeah, if it, I'm interested, yeah. would you watch it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're also someone who... I mean, you might be the wrong person to ask because you don't watch a lot of stuff. I don't watch a lot of stuff. No, I really am... You know those the, people who never watch films? This guy yeah, wants yeah. to see it. Yeah, and it's the weirdest thing. Like, I went to film school, and, like, I fa- like I, tr- I tell people, oh, like, you know, I try to work on, like, artistic endeavors mm-hmm. and stuff. Meanwhile, they ask me, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Said, no, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. No, I no, the... no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I would say that about theater. I mean, I would always be like, yeah, I'm in theater. I love theater. I'm a theater performer. Mm-hmm. Like, well, have you seen this show? Yeah. It's running right now. No. No, I haven't seen that. And theater, like people, some theater people are really out there seeing shows a lot. I, I found that. All like, the time. They're all about Pre-pandemic, it. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're seeing one or two shows a week. Yeah. yeah. I have. A... Constantly. I had to tell one of my theater friends to like stop asking me if I've seen all this stuff because I just have no idea what she was talking about. Like, and have you read the latest manuscript? I'm like, what? Like, just what are you like? Just all yeah. like, yeah, which I think is admirable. Like for some people, they're just totally Can I ask immersion. An unrelated question. Yes. Yeah. Where are they right now? <laughs> yeah, I think she. Well, right now, I actually I haven't seen. She, she's. Yeah, I, I, I don't find know. A lot of those people end up just like working in the industry because <laughs> they yeah. can't it so much yeah 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 without not like everyone, n- naming course, names or anything everyone. no I, I think that's yeah. right like I don't think she ever I, I don't know making it big means but like she she make like a living that's all yeah I think she did struggle to make a living okay. to be honest in it like yeah. she, she helped produce one show or something but she never it never like took off okay you her. hear that kids so yeah. you know knowledge doesn't guarantee anything no. so don't 
don't feel like you need to actually try. Yeah, knowledge is like <laughs> nothing. Like, yeah, don't so try that. Yeah, hard. don't try. Anyways, go on. Uh, yeah, well, no. I mean, no, because I'm interested. Like, well, okay, what was the last television series? Let's start this way. What was the last television series that you saw like more than more than one episode of intentionally? Um, I was uh, dating, sort of dating somebody. Like, it never got too serious, but we for. A f- little while we got really hard into the bachelor the reality tv show the bachelor (laughs) i fucking love that shit yeah you got into it (laughs) big time oh really yeah yeah. okay interesting it's really really funny okay yeah oh interesting wow it's the same thing every single day every single time yeah 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 it's the same it's exactly the same thing every episode is exactly the same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah Okay. But maybe not the answer you're expecting. Not scripted. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, scripted. Scripted yeah. show, right? I didn't you're specif- <laughs> to be fair, I didn't specify. But okay, right. okay. interesting. <laughs> but now I think I have to. Yeah. <laughs> um But also we're we're going back, right? Like you haven't you haven't watched a show in like a I year. I haven't watched a show in two years? so long. I mean what I sometimes do I'm really the worst person. Like I'm also a creature of habit. Like sometimes I'll rewatch like the Simpsons. I'm I'm really mm-hmm. not there's something wrong with me. I don't know. Like, I, no, I, I no. don't... Not everyone needs to watch TV all the time. I guess that's right, isn't it? But then I do. Like, I will. Like, I'll rewatch Seinfeld or something. I'll rewatch mm-hmm. stuff that I already like. But it's mm-hmm. the last, like, new thing that I... See, the thing is, I do that with music. Where I'm like, oh, I like this thing. I'll yeah. let's do it again. I don't want to try a new thing. I like that thing. Uh... I guess, but this is like, it's not new or anything, but like last year or something, I and I had seen some of it before, but I rewatched a lot of The Wire, you know, which I think is Okay, The Wire is great. Very good show. Like one of the better shows. Show. Yeah, but I mean, does that even fall in line? Like with, like it's not, it's not modern at all. I didn't like, ask for like a current thing. Okay, I just asked okay. for like what the last thing that you yeah, were watching. Yeah, I really enjoyed The Wire. Uh-huh. Yeah. I churn through content. You do. Like I swim in it. That's why I always think like... No, you do, and it's it's a good thing. Like, like, it's good to be so knowledgeable about that stuff, especially because you know it's the field you work in. I generally think it's good to churn through content. I think it's not like it's not a good thing that I don't watch a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it also though, like it, you know, I think when you watch other people's work, it can kind of infect how you look at things. You um, can, yeah. No matter what you watch, you're always going to be avoiding other things unintentionally or not. Yeah, like I do a lot of watching like kind of the the major zeitgeist stuff like i keep up with all the superhero stuff for the most part some of the like side like teen titans show or whatever i'm not watching that but like i watch all the marvel flagpole like you know tentpole stuff i watch like I the disney it's a good thing series stuff i don't think there's like a black or white answer but i tend sure. to think like i think if you look at a lot of the great like filmmakers and actors and stuff yeah. you hear a lot of like they're watching a lot of stuff you watch like, a lot of movies though don't you like you watch more i watch more a lot than of, you watch tv yeah i watch movies more than but only because my parents bring me to these things and and i'll, I'll say that i always love it like i'm yeah. not but i'm not actively seeking it out but my parents take me to the before the covid we'd go to like the Lightbox theater once a mm-hmm. week it was just a tradition and i'll see these once obs- a week that's a that's a, like that's a lot of movies it is a lot of movies yeah and I'd see these like you know Korean films and stuff that aren't necessarily in the mainstream, but they're, they were all like almost I always like love them all. Like there's very good films out there, and yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I guess I would. There was a time, but again, 
you're like actively engaged in it, which I do think is good. I think it bodes well for you as an actor and a guy in the arts. That well, you're, yeah, I'm starting to produce now. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully. I'm starting like, to produce. Yeah. It's a good sense of. I know. And again, this isn't the most reputable school, but at Trevis Institute, they're mm-hmm. like, watch, watch, watch. Like, just keep on watching stuff. Yeah. It's probably the only school that I ever tell you that, but they're like, watch every, like, you know, keep on. Well, and I, I, you, I, I, I yeah. tend to think. That's right. You I know. had a very funny inter- uh, little interview with someone from Facebook who was like on a Facebook filmmaker group and he reached mm-hmm. out and was saying like, I have this little thing that I've written and I'm pulling together some actors and I it's like a little series or something, but I want a producer to kind of help me pull it together. I'm looking for people. And I reached out because I've been doing some producing recently, but like, you know, nothing that's on IMDb even. Yeah. Like yeah just, uh, just through the pandemic, I've been yeah. like starting things up. And... Uh, and we were talking and I was like starting off by kind of being like, okay, well, like, you know, like before we like, first of all, this is who I am. So don't expect like too much out of me. But secondly, like, you know, tell me about some stuff that you're interested in. Now he was, he was f- not born in Canada and he speaks English as a second language. So he has like his own cultural background in terms of the art and TV that's coming from there that I wouldn't have understood if he had told me about any of that. So when I'm talking to him about film and, and TV, it was like English stuff. Um, but he was like, I was, I was asking him like, what's your favorite TV show or movies? Like, just give me a sense of what your, like what your, what your interest is when you, you know, like if, if I were to ask you like, you know, give me a, just a bunch of movies and TV shows that you love you're going to give me like Seinfeld and Simpsons and you're probably say like office space will be up there yes, and some other stuff, dumb you know, and dumber. the office, dumb and dumber, like, yeah. you know, and then you can throw in some more like, like some of these like more art house films that you're describing yeah. and you kind of get to triangulate like, okay, so you have these kind of sensibilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that enough. you don't include Marvel means something, right? Because it doesn't mean anything to you. Like, and that's fine. It, it is true that to. it doesn't mean anything to me. But I, that's, I'm, yeah, but it, there's no like judgment. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. But no, but like, it's in terms of if I were asking you as like, you're hiring me as a cinematographer. Yeah, or you're yeah. hiring me as a whatever. And like, well, what's the stuff that you're influenced by? And Marvel's not there, it's right? not there which though. is fine. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and I'm asking him like, well, what are the, what kind of films, TV are you interested in? And he was just like, you know, I think he said like Bing Bag Theory, Seinfeld, and like the American office, maybe I think I, mm-hmm. I think I'm actually putting the office in his mouth because it was like the most basic stuff that I'd ever heard about of friends, friends, Seinfeld, Big Bang Theory. That friends. was his big influence. And I was just like, OK, so like the most popular shows on television of all time, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that's just a tough starting point when you're like, what's your inspirations? Like, you know, the thing that everyone's seen. Yeah, that's my inspiration because. At a certain point, the people who make those shows, they're inspired by something else, right? Like, it all comes from somewhere. And usually, like, the people who are making Friends and Seinfeld, Seinfeld might be a bit of an outlier, but, like, they're referencing... Simpsons is a great example, right? Like, they're they're making homage to all these other pieces of culture. Simpsons do that a lot, yeah. Right? And, like, yeah. and the more you know about culture, the more it makes sense when they do a reference. Because you get the joke. Yeah. But if you don't get any of the references, then they're just like weird gags. That may or may not be funny, but there's no yeah. like depth to it. Yeah. And if you're just into watching like friends and stuff, there's no depth to the story. 
Sorry, somebody just arrived. Are we expecting anybody? It might be Zach, actually, oh, might be because, Zach. Okay. because he's done work. Maybe he can get in on the podcast. Um, uh, keep on talking. Or or should we save it for another time? I think another time. We, we literally finished like a two-hour oh, okay. thing today. Yeah, so, so I mean, probably this pitch thing will take a while, right? Yeah, the, I mean, you know what? We, we banged out over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So while Anton lets in Zach and I return to my unrecorded life... Um, you know, absolutely. Thank you for joining me, Anton. Thank you for joining me, whoever is listening like to this. To say hi to the podcast. Audience? Oh yeah, yeah. Getting... Actually, you're going to be the listener, so it'd be kind of cool if you oh, said hi. Oh, he'd be Zach. listening to himself. And, yeah. yeah, that's a very interesting thing. No, Zach, say hello. I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure if anyone does listen to these. Uh, so <laughs> that's the best. Sometimes this is the I type like of stuff I like. I like making so yeah, yeah, that no one listens to. It's that's great. Sometimes I think, I think about it just like screaming into the void, you know. <laughs> I like you mean, you could really say anything on here, no one would care. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's cathartic. It's yeah, like, it's like screaming to a pillow. Um, I like women who wear army boots. I mean. Sure, I yeah. don't think that's very controversial. Oh, but go okay. for it. Yeah, sorry. That, doesn't I, need to be though. That's the beauty. Doesn't I was need trying to be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was we trying don't need to, to be controversial. But you think that's not too controversial? Well, maybe if you lived in, you know, if if, if it was 1986. Right. Right. And be like, oh, what are you, a punk rocker? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Or or a lesbian? Yeah. Yeah. As used to be the thing when we were young, people would make fun of women for being lesbians. Yeah. Um, I don't find it that funny these days. Yeah, you're right. That wasn't very controversial at all. I like women that wear army boots. Yeah. No, not very controversial. I take that back. And also, I interrupted you. You had a bit of a flow going there to finish off this episode. No, you're allowed. You don't have to take it back. I mean, unless it was a blatant lie. No, I thought it was. It just fell flat. You're right. I thought it was funny. Like, I thought it was being funny. Like, oh, look at me. I have a thing for women in army boots. It's (laughs) like this chambered the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny at all. I was waiting for the right moment, and I got (laughs) to let it out before the end of the podcast because this was going to slay. Not a good line at all. No, but I mean, I appreciate that you didn't go in a further. It could have gone darker and more offensive very easily. Oh, yeah. Because there was a, like, I like women who. Yeah, when you gave me the leeway to say anything, mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. say anything. That's and you true. truly self-censored into a very just banal statement. Right. And right. at the end of the day, I think we'd rather banal than just, like, offensive for the sake of being offensive. No, that's a, well. I think that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Like coming how, next how, time. Yeah, how <laughs> what people think is appropriate to let out there because there's a maybe I should call up my little apprentice uh, Joey, Joey R as I like to call him. Am I missing Joey R? Yeah, we talked about about right at the top of the podcast. You know, he's kind of hit it big on Spotify recently. In oh, Joey R, yeah, yes, yes, little yes. Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows all about this sort of stuff. I'm giving. A, I'm gonna give him a call. See what he thinks. This yeah. might be coming an ongoing bit. That like, I'll see how long we can keep this bit going. That like, <laughs> Joe Rogan is my apprentice. And, yeah, and we stay in touch. <laughs> it's also I, funny that I didn't get the reference. <laughs> I like it though. I think from now on, I'm not gonna say it's a joke, and we're just gonna talk yeah, about yeah. it as if Joe Rogan is like my classic buddy. Not only and, the uh, biggest podcast, but like one of the biggest people in the world. Yeah, and just there's always an excuse. He's busy or whatever, you know. Yeah, he had a fight he had to go do, or he was like he was busy hopping up some, you know, some HGH. Um, yeah. I mean, he said he was going to call in today, but you know, he had some connection problems with the internet. Yeah, it's okay. You're you're going to Austin in a few weeks anyway, so I think then the idea was that you're going to see him. I mean, he wanted me to open for him. Yeah, but I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I just right now with all of the fire that's kind of surrounding him right now, uh, I don't know if it, that's really the the. 
the realm I want no, to drop into. I mean, just for him, he's fucking relying on you, dude. That's true. I mean, for for my old buddy Joe. Yeah, I guess I should say. I mean, it might be too. I might be double booked at this point. So yeah, if you don't see me on the headline list, like for the Austin show, yeah, it's it's not his fault. I was late to respond. You know, don't get mad at Joe for me on my account. Yeah, that's all I'm asking my audience to do. I really like this bit. I want to keep it going for years if we can, to the point where I want to cease and desist letter from Joe Rogan. <laughs> that's my goal, or getting him on the podcast. <laughs> It's a great goal. I mean, if you, if, if that happens, you get, then I think <laughs> uh, you're doing all right. Oh, what a fucking nightmare that would be. All right. Uh, thank you so much for taking part in this. Uh, yeah, thank you. Podcast. What did we we talked about all sorts of things? What was this? How are you gonna? What are you gonna title this podcast? Like, Jesus. What, um, what <laughs> guy? Like, what did we talk about? We talked. I'm trying to think of like a really concise way of saying like white men telling you about the history of blues, but we yeah. also spoke about more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So white men telling you the history of blues and and film. Okay. Okay. How about just like white men are always right? I think that's the that's name. That's the title. White men are always right. Yeah, that works. That's it's catchy. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it works because it I'm works. white, and I just said it works, <laughs> and I'm always right. So, closed loop logic. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to that. <laughs> Have a great one. Uh, I don't know how to end these. <laughs>